This episode of Into the Wild is brought to you by Leica Sport Optics. As the world opens up and we're able to venture forth and go and explore again, it's essential that we have the kit we need so we don't leave nature hotspots disappointed. With that in mind, I cannot recommend Leica Sport Optics enough. Leica not only have a great range of optics for a wide range of uses, but they also offer finance plans to help people like me that would rather pay bit by bit. I'm currently using the Leica HD Ultravids, and now I can clearly see all the birds that I am also still unable to identify. Read more about Leica's range via their website in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Into the Wild. I'm your host Ryan Dalton. As always, thanks so much for clicking play on that pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this show. It is lovely to be chatting to you again under the duvet as I record these intros for the first time since coming back... (laughs) from Namibia. Right, that's the last time I bring it up. I won't say it again. I won't talk about it anymore. I won't mention Namibia until I next talk about it, but I won't talk about it. I won't mention it, but I will, but I won't, but I will, but I won't, but I will. Okay? Sorted? Done. I mean, of course I have to talk about it a little bit. The whole reason I went was a project for Into the Wild, which was beyond the trigger, so I have to talk about it a little bit, right? Hello? Anyone there? But I won't bang on about it. I guess that's my point, but what I will say is that the trip was absolutely incredible. Visiting a country for the first time with a completely different landscape, culture and wildlife. Not only that, visiting a country for the first time in two and a half years. It was incredibly motivating and uplifting to just go and explore and meet new people. We did what we set out to do and that was to travel to different conservancies and speak with local people about trophy hunting. The chats were open, honest and clear. Finally getting to go and be on the ground in a certain country to talk about how this practice is used. Sure, there are elements of it that I don't like, but to be able to hear from people that live and work this stuff daily made it a hell of a lot clearer. So we are piecing together the things that we have filmed out in Namibia and back here in the UK, and Beyond the Trigger, Into the Wild's first video episode will be out later this year. But on to today's show, the reason why you're all here, we're going to start where we always start in the intros with 60 Second Nature News a segment where I read out four stories from around the world about nature which are a bit more positive and uplifting. I aim to do this in 60 seconds, but it rarely is, but let's give it a go. Deep breath, everyone. Let's go. Endangered Ethiopian wolf pups have been born in recovering grasslands. With only 500 remaining individuals, there is overwhelming pressure to save this species being lost due to habitat destruction. With some of the richest habitat for the wolves recently destroyed by fire, pressure gained even more. But fortunately, the grassland recovered quickly and monitors of the EWCP, Ethiopian Wolf Conservation Programme, not only found the packs again, but were able to confirm that all have bred this season. New build homes above 5 metres in Brighton and Hove will now be fitted with bee bricks and swift bricks to give solitary bees and swifts places and opportunities to nest. The white-clawed crayfish have been rediscovered after thought to be extinct in the area of Hampshire. After 30 years of trying to bring back populations after struggles from habitat loss and disease brought in from non-native crayfish, the team at Hampshire and Isle of Wight Wildlife Trust were over the moon to make the discovery of this cluster of white-clawed crayfish. And finally, Colombia has declared a new 24,000 hectare marine protected area to conserve numerous marine species. The protected area, 95 square miles, not only protects the wildlife, but creates a safe habitat for species that have an economic and cultural value for local communities. 
And that's the end of 60 Second Nature News. Nailed it. Okay, I can breathe again. Right, on to today's show. We are starting the month of February off with a banger, and that is part three of Nature Room 101. Those of you that are not familiar with Nature Room 101 or Room 101 as a thing, this is an episode where I have two guests join me to have a bit of a moan about certain aspects of nature or the industry of wildlife and conservation that we particularly do not like. I picked three themes and my guests and I chose the thing that we hate the most. We have a bit of a rant and a moan and then we vote between us to decide which one will win and go into the vault of Room 101 for nature forever. Joining me on today's show is author and botanist Leif Burzweden and conservationist and author Sophie Pavel. We don't need much more of an intro so let's get on with today's show. Here it is, Nature Room 101 Part 3. Right, hello, welcome to part three of Nature Room 101. We are back to have a moan and a bit of a whinge about things in nature because, as we all know, the natural world is absolutely beautiful. We love it, but there's always parts of it that we, to put it bluntly, hate. So we, I am back with two guests here today to talk about three elements of the natural world. Pick the one that we hate the most to put forever into Nature Room 101. And joining me on today's show to have a rant on a moan is... The wonderful Sophie Pavel. Hello, Sophie. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very up for a rant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight in there with, I'm angry Straight and I'm in. ready to go. Don't, <laughs> no more introductions. <laughs> um, are you, so, so do, you, do you get angry? Is a rant something you like to do? It is, yeah. I think there's an element to my personality which is not seen on Instagram <laughs> that's incredibly fiery. And my dad always told me when I was growing up that I'd be a good lawyer because I'm good at arguing. I don't necessarily get my point across or win the argument, but I just enjoy having a go. So that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to Just like to be to involved. <laughs> I just like to be involved. And I like to say that it comes from a place of passion. Yes. So it's well intended. Mm. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think anger mm. has its place. A lot of people are scared of anger or it's frustration. It's just more interesting. It's more interesting, you yeah. know, if someone, if someone is sort of, you know... And scary. Speaking hotly <laughs> about something. Yeah, I don't, think I don't think I give scary vibes, but we'll see. That's let's true. See. Okay, well, yeah, let's see. Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners before the rants begin that they should take, bear in mind, maybe? Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I don't think think what you think. I'm I'm 2022 guys and not really caring what other people think, you know. Oh. Well, there's the clip for the show. <laughs> so many regrets. Um, <laughs> um, well, welcome and I look forward to hearing your rants. My second guest is someone else that's been on the show before is the wonderful Leif Burzweed and hello Leif, how are you? Hi Ryan, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you ready to get your rant? You said you like a rant in the email, but I don't think I could ever pitch you getting angry. Uh, did I? Did I? Did you say um, that or did I make that? I, no, I don't. <laughs> to be honest, I rarely get angry in a sort of public way. Um, I, you know, the times I get angry is when I'm walking down the street and there's someone from the council herbiciding all the plants or, uh, you know, specifically directed anger. And I feel, yeah, and I feel, I don't do anything about it and like, I don't, have a go at them no you're british i you just like internally yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> internalize it all and try and do something about it on positive on social media so, but no i it's not a big part of my personality but it's something i need to get better at i feel mm. i feel like there are lots of people out there who are not doing great stuff for nature and won't listen to me <laughs> if i'm being nice 
So I feel like it's something I need, I need to be better at arguing. I need to be better at that kind of thing. So. Can I just say, though, that I feel like if you get angry infrequently, when you do, I feel like people will listen because they'll be like, oh, no, Leif is angry about something and we're not yeah. really seeing him angry. Oh, no, and Leif so smashed the mirror. We must take this seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, like do you know what? <laughs> I feel like Leif's anger would come across as disappointment from your favourite teacher at school. Yeah. The worst kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of very kind of calm, simmering, but very real. And it makes you feel very small. Whereas I feel like mine is just a bit kind of fast and loose and you sort of no one no one. Well, it's a bit like, I think the difference maybe between you <laughs> both, I think, Sophie, you and I fall in the same category, whereas we're kind of like always kind of like fiery. But I think when Lace angry, you're right, he goes quiet. And yeah. I reckon if he went quiet, I think it's about it's just to kick like off. crap. Yeah. Okay. It's like when a cockney guy, when a cockney guy gets polite, you know it's about to kick off. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, yes. great, we're trouble, troubles are foot. Like, Buckle up, guys! Come on. <laughs> Leif seems some herbicide on the side of the road. Oh my gosh! God, strap him. Well, Leif, is there anything you want to say to the listeners, or like Sophie, just get over it? Which one? Do you want to say anything? Do I want to say anything? I apologise if I make any mistakes. <laughs> You're too perfect, one. man. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I should have said that. Well, that's too do you want me to ask you again, Sophie? <laughs> I just apologise. No, that's, that's all I do. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Get angry then. Apologise. Um, okay, right. Let's move into our first topic. So for the listeners that haven't listened to Nature Room 101 before, let me tell you how it's going to work. We've got three topics. Each of us will share our rant and our expressions, and then one of them will go into Room 101, and we decide that by each one of us voting for one that's not our own. So let's roll into our first topic. Okay, right. Habitat hates. We all love being outdoors, whilst every habitat or environment type does its bit. It doesn't mean we enjoy being in or around them all. So I think we'll start with Sophie. Let's see, um, before she bubbles over with frustration. <laughs> <laughs> what habitat do you f- hate being in, Sophie? Well, <laughs> I feel like Leif is going to really hate me for this oh, one. No. Oh, Sorry. no, no. <laughs> No, so you don't. Because, <laughs> and also because say? I work for Beaver Trust, and obviously beavers are slightly associated with this habitat, and so <gasps> this is you this haven't is picked controversial. Mm. Um, it's more just it's just like a, a personal annoyance. I don't love a marshy bog, despite the fact that they're one of the most biodiverse, species-rich, important habitats ever. Yeah. Not discounting that. It's more of the inconvenience and I think also the fact that it highlights how little I know when I'm out in nature. <laughs> As in, don't really know what I'm looking at. Don't really know the birds that are flying overhead and wading around and picking at the plants. And so I think because of my ego, which is fragile, yeah. I think it I think it I think it taps into that vulnerability and just makes me annoyed. And I don't mind getting wet feet. I don't mind getting muddy. But I think it's just kind of the, in the broad sense of a marshy bog, it's kind of just green, kind of open. Yes, I feel like the magic is when you get, do a, do a, a lathe thing, get right at plant level, <laughs> thumb in the air. You've oh, seen yes. the photos. Yeah, we've all oh, seen yes. But I, that's not, really, <laughs> that's not really my thing. Perhaps it should be. But I think in the sort of, 180 degree overview of a marshland. I just see it and I'm like, 
I'm not I'm not wowed. Not wowed. I'm not overwhelmed. It's not like being windswept on the coast or like the magic of a woodland or a busy river. I'm on a bog on a marshland. I don't really know what's around me. I I don't really have very good patience to try and learn. And so I'm just a bit like, oh. And then but then I see loads of birders getting so excited about something over there. Yeah, but they're like that. I'm just like, well, guys, you know, I'm a bit hungry and I'm a bit cold <laughs> and I, my toes are wet and, you know, I'd rather just go home. That's what I thought you were going to say because of the, the, the fact it's uncomfortable to be in because of the wet. Well, I, do, I, I don't mind wet feet. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, an incredible feeling. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I'm just, um, I'm just underwhelmed. I think I set myself high expectations in nature. But yes, there we go. My habitat that I would like to put in room 101 is probably a marshy bog. Sorry. That has surprised me. That has. Good. In fact, I almost picked that and thought, no, because I, I, I don't know. No. I, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I was like, no, I, I, but I, I didn't go of that. So, Leif, what do you make okay. of the marshy bog? So, interestingly, I almost went for a bog. Imagine if we all did. Um, oh, yeah. So, hello. <laughs> the reason, so I actually found this very difficult because mm. being a botanist, plants grow literally everywhere yeah so whatever habitat i'm in there's always stuff to look at and so um, the bog was one of the sort of least species rich habitats i could think of Mm. um but my had i gone for that my reasoning would be more along the midges line of things yeah oh well Um, yeah of course yeah that they that's true uh, yeah Especially they can Scotland. go in room 101 well. they get midgets <laughs> while we're here yeah all the doors open <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay that, i think i think that is a good one i think bog it's a strong contender okay. for the first one um leif do you want to share what your environment is this one was a hard topic i would admit after picking mm. this i was like actually it's hard i'm struggling to find a habitat that i don't like <laughs> um but leif what did you go with um, so I went with moorland. Um, so these big, sweeping, heathery hillsides mm. of heather and basically nothing else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously they look like that, particularly up in Scotland, they look like that because they're often part of these grouse shooting estates mm. and they're managed in a certain way to benefit the young grouse. And so, yeah, they get burnt and that really encourages the heather regrowth and the young grouse feed on heather. Um, and obviously it's great for the heather because it kills all of their competitors um, and provides them with the perfect place to grow. But it's, you know, uh, those hillsides should be this massive great mosaic of, you know, peat bogs and heathery grasslands and mixed broadleaves woodlands and evergreen trees and things. Each one of which would host a whole load of specialised species um, that thrive in those environments but in reality what you have is this incredibly ecologically barren um you know swathes of of landscape and what annoys me most of all is that it completely (laughs) (laughs) i literally saw it get turned off (laughs) (laughs) it's It's the it's the fact that it alters our perception of what the countryside should look like. Yeah. And I know so many people who look at that landscape and think, oh, wow, isn't nature amazing? This is a beautiful, wild place, mm. um, really untouched landscape. And it's just not. Um, and it you know, supports a handful of species when it could be supporting so much more. So, yeah, now having learned that when I was younger, 
I now it's really sad walking around. As much as I love those sweeps of purple at the end of at the end of summer, yeah, it is really sad walking through through those environments. So yeah, I'd so go Moreland. with Moreland. Yeah, it's a good one as well. You two have set the bar quite high with this for both very different reasons. Well, I feel like Leif's is a lot more uh, is a lot more well reasoned and educational, whereas <laughs> <laughs> whereas mine's like incredibly whereas subjective. You almost described a bog like a pie. There's nothing on top. It's all underneath, and I can't <laughs> to dig. <laughs> exactly. Excellent summary. <laughs> but but very two different very uh, very different reasons because Leif's is because of what we've done to the habitat, and yours is from what the habitat is anyway. Mm. So two very different perspectives. <laughs> you hate the core of that habitat. Yeah. Maybe I didn't get the memo on this challenge. No, mate, don't worry. I'm about to join you with my one. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. I, I struggled with mine because I literally went... Do you know what I did? I thought, I'm, I'm going to Google habitats and look through because my mind kind of didn't go blank. But you know when you're like, am I missing mm. one that's really annoying? Um, and I considered desert... But then I actually have been to deserts and they're strangely beautiful, even though they can be quite barren. And then I thought, you know, like the Arctic or something. And I'm like, yeah, but then I've never been. So, so I can't say. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't hate say. It. I hate it, even though I've never been there. Um, I'm not one to do that. So I decided to, I, I picked mountain habitats. <gasps> no, right. Yeah, oh. because there's so much fing effort. <laughs> you can't just wander to one you've you know you've got Says you've got <laughs> hey, i live in highgate it's yeah. very hilly sure, um, sure. hence the name it's not lowgate guys it's highgate it's not lowgate, yeah. it's highgate. Yeah, yeah we rarely travel the, down um the weekend we went to enormous mountain <laughs> <laughs> but it, you, you you have to spend a whole day You've got to commit to go into the habitat. You've got to go up. Mm. And then it's always windy. It's very rarely Fair. warm. It's quite often wet. And then you get up there and you've got this stunning view. But then how long do you have to look at the view for? Like, no one tells you, you've got to be up here for half an hour. So then you just, you're surrounded by other people going, I don't know, how long do you stay? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're all just wandering around going, does anyone know where East is? North? Is North that way? Like, no one knows. So it's, it's just full of bewildered people that have no idea what's going on. And you don't really see anything. You might see a bird of prey fly around. You might see a goat. That's your best kind of a goat. And I just oh, think like, yeah. oh, <laughs> that just win you round. <laughs> That is so funny. No, it's so true though, because you're like wandering around the top. I'm just like, oh my gosh, look, guys, we're at like the same height as the birds. Like, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then because it's taken you like six hours to get up there, you're like, oh yeah, we've we've got to get back. We've got to go back Damn. down. Yeah, um, a whole day. <laughs> oh no, I do love mountains though, but I think the effort makes it worth it. No, yeah, it's so true. Even if it's really cloudy. <laughs> I think that's what people say that do it. No one's ever like, do you know what I mean? Like no one, everyone that does it goes, oh, but the journey was worth it. It's like, yeah, but you've got bruises and you've you've got to have a bath now. Like you I know don't. What it is. <laughs> everyone it's... hates having baths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Famously, it's a real drain on my time. Um, it's type two fun, isn't it? Where like, in, it's retrospective fun. Type one is fun in the moment. Type two, yes, it's like hate it, but then look back five years later, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Five years later, like really, when we're safe yeah, away a hefty from it. Now. Five years. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like cold Fair water enough. swimming. Those that do it love it, and then those that don't just don't understand it. 
That's <laughs> I suppose, but I just don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it in because I feel like there's other habitats that are less effort. Fair. I think you're missing out a lot. Though you know, again, you need to look at your feet. <laughs> yeah, top of the mountain. Admittedly, you know, a lot of them are massively overgrazed, so maybe there aren't actually that many things on the floor. But particularly if it's cloudy and you haven't got any views, you've got one one option, which is look at the amazing things on the ground. Yeah, that would be my one issue with that. I do get the you know the slog up the mountain for a cloudy view is maybe not Ooh. exactly what you're after. Um, <laughs> I can see I can see that side of things. Mm. I met Prince Harry once going up Ben Nevis. Oh, hello. Out of nowhere. Absolutely out of nowhere. One minute, Sophie, I'll pick that up. Two seconds. (laughs) Name for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's on the floor. Now it's in my hand. Um, Yeah, it was like 14. I was 14 years old and we were walking up Ben Nevis and it was a slog. It is still a slog. And it was such bad weather, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And the, there were these three guys walking down towards us. We we're near the top. And my dog ran up to the guy. And the guy in the middle bent down to, like, play with her and, and touch the dog and blah, blah, blah. I went up to him. And he had this, it was pouring with rain. He had his hood on, looked up at me. And uh, he was like, oh, what's your dog called? I looked at him. I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I really recognize you. But I was like, where, where are you from? Do you, like, go to school? Are you in, like, the year above? Or, like, have I played, have I played tennis with you before? You know when you can't place somebody. Did you, did you, so did you like, ask him these questions? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, please tell me this is all out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, were you at that? We scored tennis. Tennis school. Was yeah. it badminton? Yeah, did I? Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so I was telling him all about the dog, and I was like, "Oh, are we near the top? Because like my legs really ache." And he was like, "Oh yeah, you're doing really well. Well done. Keep going." And um, and then my brother like ran off, and then I was like, "Okay, well, see you later." And he was like. See you later. <laughs> and my brother, I was like, Tom, like, what are you doing? You're like, you're so embarrassing. Why do you just run off? He's like, because that's Prince Harry. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I think, had I known that it was him, because mm. my brain was so slow, I wouldn't have spoken to him at all. But then we heard on the radio the next day, like, oh, Prince Harry is doing training with the army up on Ben Nevis. I was like, oh, saw him. Yesterday. See, training <laughs> with the army. That's what it takes to get to the top. <laughs> but also, you can't just pop that Prince Harry story out because I feel like oh, th- sorry, that, yeah. that sounds like you're trying to convince people to go up Ben Nevis because you might. See I'm a straying royal. the brief. Yeah, I know. Also, yeah. he 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 was uh, he was single then, so but you know. <laughs> and your skills um, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Need to I mean, I once I, I once uh, saw Prince William in a bog. So, you know, we've all seen the world's places. <laughs> oh my God, I actually believe you for a second. For a second there, somebody's face was like, Did no you see my <laughs> What are the chances? Incredible. Why are these royals <laughs> hanging out in these different habitats? Oh, I'm so gullible. You could tell me, you could tell me anything really and I believe it. Anyway. Um, now we've got a vote. We've got to decide which habitat's going into room 101. So I think mm. I might take the first vote here if you like and... Because I'm, you you two have picked two. A you've picked one, Sophie, that I was thinking of, and Leif, you hmm. picked one with a incredible good reason to go into room one hundred and one. So now I'm Natalie and Rude torn between this. I'm going to go with the bog. Ooh, purely because of what I said earlier is it's the the natural habitat. It's Sophie doesn't like it because. 
of, of mm. what it is, <laughs> not because of what it's become. That sounded deep. That's incredibly <laughs> profound. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas Leif, I agree with yours, but I feel like we've buggered up that habitat. Oh, yeah, we absolutely have. I agree, yeah. But, but the natural mm. moorland I would like. Maybe we should just shove humans in room 101. Ooh. If we did, we'd have, to end this, we'd have to end this call right now. <laughs> <laughs> end of episode. So my vote is going to go for Sophie's, Sophie's Bog, which Thank is not the, best, no, not the best title to give, but it's, it's the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we have Sophie, fun. who would you vote? What habitat would you vote for? Can I vote for myself? That's so. No. No. You can't. Okay, that's fine. Glad we cleared that. <laughs> Glad we cleared that. Um, no worries. Uh, I'm going to. <laughs> I've got I'm a plan B. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Moorland actually because mm. that was a close second for me because it was a similar vibe. As much as I love Dartmoor, and I'm very lucky for it to be on my doorstep, I love the sort of wild expanse of kind of seeing moorland beyond moorland beyond moorland but it just seems a bit drab sometimes and I do think Mm. that's a lot of because of us and it doesn't have quite the same vibe as a very busy woodland or rock pool or something so I'm gonna go for moorland nice right Leif uh you get to vote here now um you could really screw things up and get (laughs) I like you Ryan I'm gonna go for bogs (sighs) Stop it. Mainly because I love going up mountains. <laughs> Sophie's taking this as a very personal compliment. Well, <laughs> um, you know, Sophie couldn't vote for herself, so someone had to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also because the midges. I think the midges on the bogs. So mm. I can. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Well, there we go. The bogs. The Thanks, guys. Bogs are going into room Which one. Which is a shame. We just... really need the bogs, though. So <laughs> we do, it's a really yeah. bad decision to put them in there. <laughs> I felt like before I was closing the Lace door like on room crap. 101, <laughs> like, but this is a shame. This shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, of course, we do not Ryan, take away. Ryan, and Sophie just single-handedly ruined the environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lace's like, oh, my next did. book was on bogs. <laughs> <laughs> and we will remind him forevermore of what he did (laughs) right let's close the door on that one and open the door on our next topic right okay this one i feel i feel like this one's where we're going to get really angry um Mm. this is greenwash gripes in the last, I don't know, well, since forever, really, but especially in the last 15 years, companies are always telling us that everything they're doing are eco or they're good for the planet, but it's not always the case. So which things or companies or, you know, things they do or companies that exist even, saying they're doing a good thing, but it's just a way to make money. So Leif, let's start with you. What is your greenwash gripe? <laughs> so mine is those seed mixes that are marketed as wildflower meadows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, these are the things which really grind my gears, Ryan. So basically, this is where this is where councils have, and often very well-meaning councils, you know, they plant up their road verges and their parks and all their sort of green spaces with these very, very colourful displays of annual plants. Um, annual plants being the ones which uh, go through their entire life cycle in a year. So um, from germination, growth, flowering, set seed, 
and death all in one summer. Um, and these seed mixes are often, but not always, um, often plants from all around the world. Um, and they produce these amazing displays. They look fantastic, but they are really bad ecologically and environmentally. And yeah, councils often sort of just be like, oh, look, we're like creating loads of space for nature. We're putting all these plants into our, into our towns and along our road verges. But actually it's just like a, it's, yeah, it's just really bad ecologically because they, in order to set up these enormous great big displays of flowers, they have to rotivate the soil. So they destroy all those fungal networks which are set up in the soil. Uh, doing that, you know, releases carbon into the atmosphere. And um, so once they've rotivated it, they then herbicide the lot, killing all the plants which are there before. And then once they've done that, they then plant all their seeds, which come up, produce this amazing display, um, and then die again. And so the next year, they then have to go back and they have to rotivate it again. They have to herbicide it again. And then they plant it all up again. So it's this massive waste of time, colossal waste of money. Mm. And the plants which go in, often, again, not always, but often the plants that go in do very little for our, for our invertebrate life. So these, you know, insects and things which have evolved with the plants which you've just killed to replace mm. them with these new ones. Um, and suddenly you've got all this life which was dependent on that suddenly faced with this very colourful but not particularly useful mix of plants. Um, and it just annoys me that they can't just do that. With, if they're going to do it, um, do it with species which our invertebrates have evolved with, so like oxide daisies, mm. common birds for trefoil, which produces those sort of carpets of yellow, um, really, really bright colours. They That plant supports like 160 different invertebrate species. And you can still get this amazing display of colour, but just using plants that will actually benefit all the wildlife that we have here in this country. And yeah, that just that really, really annoys me. It also changes the perception of what we think nature should look like yeah. as with moorlands as well. So mm. yeah, that so. one can go in there. It's a very complex topic as with many of these things, but yeah. Very valid. Mm-hmm. I also think Thank like you. it's one of those topics that seems complex at first, but then you're actually like, this is actually easier than we're, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, just don't well, it's just do a, it It's way, an absolute it. no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just just ask someone that knows and they'll tell you three mm. plant types that will be better <laughs> than the <laughs> stuff that you might not have to do as much to. Like you said, like, you know, mm. there are some mm. perennials that you could just let there go yeah, and, and, let, exactly. and do less work and save more money and put it into other, exactly. other ways and to it, improve. It is difficult because, you know, there are there is this whole thing about we're trying to persuade people to accept more wildlife, more nature around us. And those big mixes, you know, people love them. Mm. Mm. And so there is, that's kind of, in my mind, that's like the other argument, which is kind of valid, is it is getting people to notice mm. things, you know, yeah. and not just cutting road versions all the time. And so it is like, you know, there is a bit of that, but I feel like you could just do it with plants that are better for our wildlife. I guess yeah. that's the thing with greenwashing though, isn't it? Like everything green, like greenwashing has, does have an element of pro to it because it is in some way getting someone to think, <laughs> even if yeah. it's a minuscule amount. Even but it, it, what, yeah. what the point is, is that the damage or the, the other side of it always outweighs. Um, mm. But yeah, that's a good one, man. Wild seed mixes. 
Also, because yeah, like you said, it encourages people to buy them for their garden, and then you go out and people are like these are horrible. I'm never trying that again. Because <laughs> it's done so well, bad. The sad thing is, is that because of the marketing, the sort of backhanded marketing in a way, mm. it makes people feel like they're doing a good thing. Yes, and so yeah. people are excited because they're like, oh, I've just bought this mix. I'm going to put it in my garden. I feel great. And then if they realise that actually they've been fooled. And that they're doing more harm than good. That's such yeah. a horrible feeling because you feel like yeah. you've been tricked, yeah. even though yeah. your intentions were really good. So it's just, it's, it's just, yeah, horrible. It's about asking yourself the question, isn't it? Because sometimes, like, even I've nearly fallen for it. If I'm in a garden centre and I'm like, oh, wildflower seed mix, but then I stop and go, saving biodiversity shouldn't cost me one ninety nine. Like it probably should be more complex than that. It shouldn't be as easy as just buying one packet and sprinkling it. Like it probably needs more work than that. But that's what their whole plan is, right? They 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 make you tick your 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 mm. box there of oh I'm yeah. doing something good for the planet. No, you're totally right, Sophie. It's really difficult to talk to people because you don't want to like burst their bubble. Mm, exactly. Yeah, and that's what it is. Finally doing something high. really good. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's a tricky one to bring up with people. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's, it's a good one, man. It's a good one. Sophie, what is your greenwash gripe? Right. So last year I got on a train mm-hmm. and it was in London, Euston. And Prince Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, uh, <laughs> I got on a train at London, Euston and it was northbound. And at the time... There were these posters all... I don't go to London very often. And when I do, I always feel quite out of place. I'm from Devon and I always feel like Bill by Baggins when I'm in London. <laughs> and I'm often wearing dungarees because I think that's like my smart London, like sheet clothes when I yeah, turn you'd up. You'd be fine in like, East London. Wow, I've totally missed the mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was there and I was surrounded by these huge posters that had forest and woodland on them i was like oh wow what are they doing here are they like making a nature reserve (laughs) how naive uh because it turned out that that was the terminal for hs2 and it was in construction the high-speed rail thing and it was this box of woodland posters and the unbelievably ironic and like shocking thing is that it said multiple times throughout these green posters hs2 helpline 0300 blah 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 and I was like now now what's this helpline for is it for (laughs) someone who's concerned (laughs) about what HS2 is going to do to the planet because I am hello I'm so tempted to ring it was like half six in the morning I was like oh should I just ring up and just say like get the wildlife trust report up that say how many nature reserves are decimated how many cemeteries have been exhumed how many like species are going to be gone how many ancient trees have been felled for service access roads and all these things and just complain, say, hi, I need the helpline for environmental concern. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was just unbelievable, the fact that they had this enormous infrastructure construction that has been so controversial mm. and repeatedly gone through cycles of going back to debate and then being refunded and going back to debate and being refunded and let's plant some trees because trees make everything better. Not good conservation method, FYI. Just to actually see it in person after seeing so much in the news Mm. about the physical distress it's caused not just nature, but people and people who care and people who are physically and 
mentally affected by what's happening. And to see that being twisted into a fake narrative of this is helping nature because we're creating public transport and we're going to be getting people around the country in a much more carbon-friendly way, we're going to be getting people off the road, was just so shocking to actually see that that was the narrative they were Mm. choosing and to actually be walking in a building site and the only greenery around were these printed posters. (laughs) was just almost laughable. It was so bad and... That is my absolute greenwashing nightmare. And the fact that that's a real thing and hundreds of people were walking past it every day and were basically validating it was horrible. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's so hard to add anything else. I mean, I could rant for hours about HS2. It's just Mm -hmm. horrific. It's, yeah. And it's just, it's such a colossal mistake. Yeah. Has it got stopped now? Weren't they debating it? Did they put an end to it? They like they like stopped one of the most northern legs mm. of it or something, which I swear is the whole reason for doing it in the first place. Just to go just connect north. the north with the south. Like, yeah, north. Yeah. Oh. I just yeah. yeah it... Just the 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 billions of pounds of tax, taxpayer income spent on HS2 mm-hmm. would go so mm. much further if they improved existing rail and transport infrastructure. And hybridise things or streamlined everything so that it would just be a kind of, there'd be a baseline level of excellent public transport versus just building new and then keeping the old tired ones kind of trundling away on diesel and whatever. Oh, it just, I just feel like they're really missing the mark there. And then all this rhetoric about, oh, no, it's actually great for the environment. And we've consulted loads of environmental NGOs on this and we have loads of environmental consultants. Mm-mm. No, completely agree. It's, but no. they say that, and it's like you couldn't have done because there's no yeah, one like, that would say that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And like the biggest NGOs, like the Wildlife Trust, the RSPB, the Woodland Trust, have all collaborated together for like the first time, I believe, on this enormous study mm. to just list. And it is an enormous. It's ju- all they can do is list the number of things that are going to go wrong as a result of this network, and yet still. That's being ignored in favour of growth and progress, but I think more growth and progress. You know, we can't grow and progress our economy without the environment alongside. It just doesn't work anymore, and it won't. That's my rant. So our countries, our country's not that big. This is what I I always get baffled with. People are like, "But we've got to connect the north." You're like, "It's not that far away." Like, why are you reacting like we're in Africa and it takes nine days to travel to the north? Like, it doesn't. Like, and who needs to get to Birmingham in a hurry? <laughs> no offense. No offense to people that are in Birmingham, but I just I've never in one day of my life gone, oh, we better hurry up. <laughs> it's never gonna yeah. be on time. It says no, it's be 20 the, minutes faster. Yeah. It is never going to be on time. Ever. We don't live in Hong Kong or Austria or Germany where the trains are actually on time. We live in England. I know. I know. We all know there's gonna be a replacement HS2 bus. That's all it's gonna be. <laughs> oh just taking us up and down. Diesel which, fueled, uh, yeah. Ironically, would take us longer than <laughs> driving! <laughs> So it's not going to work. It's just mental. It's absolutely oh. mental. It wasn't needed. I don't think there's a person on the planet that asked for it. I don't, yeah, I nobody don't... asked for it. No. no. Even people in Birmingham would go, what, that? I'm fine. <laughs> they it's hate like, London. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> God, it's just, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's all right. Okay. Oh, mine's going to be shit after this because I think mine's strangely specific that I don't even know if it considers greenwashing. Considers as greenwashing. <laughs> you set the question. I know, I know. But I, <laughs> do you know what? My head went through like bamboo products because I always see like bamboo products being sold wrapped in plastic. I'm like, mm, like that's. Weird. And, like, so you, you didn't quite understand what you're doing there, did you? <laughs> it's like trying to like get people to stop killing pandas by showing them a dead panda. Like, don't don't do it. Look how horrible it is. Um, but I, I've I've gone with, and this is purely because of the comp- okay. I'm gonna Sophie name drop Prince Harry. I'm gonna name drop the country I've just got back from, which I'm doing a lot at the moment. But when I was in Africa. I uh, wait, hang on. Did you did you go to Africa? I went right? to Africa. Oh, it's Africa. So let's let's forget the rest of the show. I'll just tell you about that. Africa. Here we go. <laughs> but I realised how Jealous. insane this what idea was that we do in this country when I told someone in Africa that it, it, it or in Namibia that it exists because they <laughs> themselves laughing. I think companies that have been set up to sell fruit and veg that haven't made it to the supermarkets because they're the wrong shape and size or quality. I think that is, I didn't realize how mad mm. it was until I told someone, they went, wait a minute, your supermarkets refuse fruit and veg. Ugly Because veg. they're the ro- ugly veg, yeah. But now external companies have been created to sell them for more money <laughs> to you as a kind of a all oh, less food waste kind of thing. It That's puts insane. the privilege on environmentalism. Exactly, exactly, because it's more expensive. You have to subscribe to it. You can't just pick and choose. It's not like there's a market that's opened up going, right, this got refused, like, you know, come and take this discounted veg. You're paying like 30-odd quid for a box. Who the spends that much on fruit and veg? Like, you shouldn't have to. Mate, you need to go to Morrison's. Morrison's wonky veg. (laughs) It's great, isn't it? There's there's no Morrison's around here. Yeah, I don't shop at Morrison's. There's one down on Holloway Road. (laughs) I have one. You should go. Don't one on Holloway Road. There is one there. on Holloway Road. Yeah, that's oh, quite a walk. That though. used to be my local Morrison's. Oh, it was so good. Wonky veg all over the place. Mm. Jamie Oliver did a big campaign about ugly veg, didn't he? But yet, still, you're right. There's people making profiting out of it. the the outcasts of our vegetables, and it makes it only accessible to people who earn over a certain amount. And it also yeah. is, 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 it's not actually solving the problem because the supermarkets aren't no. changing. Yeah. They're not allowing, yeah. do you know what I mean? They're not like going, yeah. or there's, I mean, obviously if Morrison's have got this on the go, but other supermarkets, mm. like they're all still wrapped in plastic. They're all still perfect yeah. shape, perfect colour, perfect ripeness. You're like, this shouldn't yeah. be like this. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I think they're missing a trick because I think the public are now so aware that the environment's in trouble that they would actually, I feel, respect a supermarket for making that change. And they would say, oh, you know, it's it's great because I can actually see change and it's still affordable and I can still go to my local supermarket and um, feel like I'm helping the planet by just Mm. supporting the fact that my supermarket has made this change. But the fact they're not changing and they're still leaving the gap open for other people to profit and privilege ugly veg. It's And are there really going to be that many people who complain about I actually feel like we should just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last I, thing I, we'll I, say I'm on not, that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not very good at comebacks. 
Let's no. See. Really? You're a But that's the, like because I I usually cook for two people. Sometimes I don't need like if I if if I needed a butternut squash and there was a smaller one that was slightly wonky, that would probably be perfect. That's the one I want, mm. and do it by weight. It's like it does. I don't need all this giant perfect veg. Yeah, it's the same as well for like encouraging people to peel their fruit and veg. I never peel anything. I eat a kiwi like an apple. I eat the skin, the ends, everything. Whoa, wait. My sister does yeah. that as well, yeah. It's well, so okay, good. Let's not just start mm-hmm. shouting stuff out. What? <laughs> you eat hairy fruit. Yeah. Yeah, give me a hairy kiwi. It's great. You just eat it like, like no. a... I feel really like... I was itchy and cool. uncomfortable? I don't feel cool. No. no, the thing is they're not itchy and... The skin, a bit like a potato or the skin of a carrot or aubergine or butternut squash, are so full of fibre and nutrients. But the trouble is, is that because we're still in a culture of perfectionism and cleanliness and neat and tidy and humans controlling nature, we're encouraged to peel everything when actually most of the nutrition is actually in the skin because that's what feeds the fruit as it's growing. Is that right, Dave? Help. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Does it sort of... <laughs> Help. That was, Help me. That was, that was one of the best moments on Into the Wild I think we've ever had. Where someone's made a point and then gone, sorry, can someone just fact check that? Fact check me. Prove me. Yes. Oh, God, um, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it, Sophie, because I don't have a better answer, so... Um, Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was doing really well. All right. Um, I'm going to try it today. I'm going to eat a kiwi with the skin. Oh, let, te- me, telling... let me know what you find. If you don't want oh, to I use will. it like an apple, just just chop it up into like little um, things, cubes. What do you do something? with the skin of a butternut squash, which is the strangest question eat I've ever it, asked? Roast yeah, it. Like, eat it like a carrot. Really? Just roast, yeah, just roast it. I cut a butternut squash into cubes. Loads of olive oil, salt, pepper, blah, 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 a bit of chili. Roast it in the oven. Yeah. Yum. Why do I, I've done that I as well. now you feel like the weird thing? Yeah. So They're such a nightmare to peel as well. Yeah, just don't true. bother. Don't yeah. bother. Eat the skin of potatoes, skin of carrots. Sometimes there are recipes where you can eat the skin of a banana. No way. <laughs> yeah. What about like, would you ever eat like the skin of an orange? Um, no. That'd be pretty Let's gross. go through <laughs> the fruit and veg. <laughs> would you Maybe ever... I'll try that. I know you can cook the... The rind of a, a watermelon. Yes, you oh, can. Cool. You can yes, put that can. in curry. Also, I started again with like cauliflower. All the recipes, although more recipes I found tell you to eat the leaves, but I I've always eaten the leaves, and also with the broccoli, I've always eaten the st- the stem and the stalks and the heart. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, I've done yeah. that. But with yeah. a with a cauliflower, the leaves are delicious. They're just like spring mm-hmm. greens. You just chop them up. Yeah. But but then loads of recipes say peel back the leaves and just use the florets yeah. of the cauliflower. But it's so much food waste contributes yeah. so much carbon. Getting rid of food waste is more carbon. In America, especially, I think I read this thing last week that produces 30% more carbon emissions than livestock and cows. Oh, Jesus. Dealing with food waste in America. Really? Christ. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. And oh, so- my goodness. Supermarkets have so much to answer for to encourage us not to waste and to help encourage us to find clever ways to utilize mm. every part of the food that we eat. I will say to people, to you both, you probably you might already do this, or people that are listening: leeks and spring onions. If you're just cooking for yourself, when you cut yeah. them, just put them back in water, 
let them grow again, and you can just keep chopping them. What? Oh. Did not you, know, you know that. You know, like the little, you get the roots the, on the, the bottom of them. Yeah, so if you put them in things. water, they don't grow perfect oh. like spring onions, but they'll grow like an inch or two, enough that if you're just cooking for yourself and you just need a bit of onion or to sprinkle on top oh. of a soup or something, just... That is, put that them that is genius. I eat so yeah. many spring onions every week. Mm. Just I put them in a little everything. dish of water. Yeah. Oh, and wow. a sunny spot and they will grow and then like you can get, you can even freeze it, I think. You can chop bits and then freeze them. Sick. There you go. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah. Excellent. And then also Excellent. once they do start rooting, you can just put them into soil and grow spring onions if you want. Oh my gosh, I'm so that gonna do a, that. That's fine. Do I, it. 100%. I eat so many. Mm. Um, Great tip. One one person once asked me, When do when do you stop on chopping a spring onion? And I was that was the strangest question I've ever been asked. I was like, That's actually quite a good question. But I've, do you, I don't. Do you I just stop, chop the end off? I just chop the roots off water. and then just chop the whole thing. I was like, why would I mm. not? But like, do you just then put the roots at the bottom? So the yeah, like, 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 well, like, yeah, you would have to leave like at least a half a centimetre okay. of the root mm. and then you just put that in water so the top's out but the roots are in or wet tissue okay. or something, yeah. And then do that cool. and they grow, yeah. Nice. Nice, there you go. Um, we've got a vote now <laughs> on which one we're going oh. in. Sophie, you vote first. I'm going to vote for yours, Ryan, because you I, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big foodie, like everyone, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I get really, really annoyed when people waste food or promote like mm. poor marketing of food. Uh, yeah. So I'm very passionate about that. Nice. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to vote now. The, you, again, you two have really made this difficult. <laughs> Do I pick one of the worst UK disasters for the environment that we've had in the last God knows how many years? Or do I have one that I see happen every single day in London and every town I visit? Hmm. I'm going <laughs> to... Leif's looking at me going, come on, man. I'd say this one is closer than the last one. The last one I felt aggrieved. But this time, I won't feel aggrieved if you go for Sophie's one. Don't talk so hard about it, Leif. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, HS2, I hate with a passion. So. Yeah. Um, I'm pu- right. I am going to go for HS2 purely because I saw that. Like, I even saw the effects on the canal when we're on the narrowboat with them putting mm. in new lines and stuff, and like pushing away the reeds and like less nesting spots for animals and. I just saw all these pipes going through the water. I was like, it's oh. the arrogance of humanity. Yeah. Just that the absolute, is yeah, huge in that project. Mm. So I was just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although life, yours is a daily reminder. Absolutely amazing as well. Thank Incredible. You, They're all <laughs> very good ones. Right, life. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna? Um, go mine has to be the wonky veg. I wonky veg is mm. the best thing I've ever bought in the supermarket. Yeah, and I don't know why they don't all do it. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. As much as I hate HS2, absolutely, mm. it's that one. So there we go. We're going with, I don't even know what I'm going to title mine. Profiting off of wonky veg in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> so slick. It's clear, precise. You know what it's about. <laughs> um, wonky veg I'm putting in, but people will know based on the rants mm. what that means. Right, that's going into yeah. room 101. Let's move on to our last topic. Right, okay. Last topic for Nature Room 101 is mammal snores. Everyone loves mammals. We grow up around them. We belong in that mm. group. But which mammal mm. spe- species are you like, bore off, mate? Like, you're just not... I haven't got time for you. And 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so... The phrase bore off is so good. <laughs> I love it so much. So I just, yeah, I'm not <laughs> not keen on that mammal. So Leif, we'll start with you this time. What mammal are you... Don't pick beaver. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that level of tension on the show. Everyone's talking about it all the time. Like, really <laughs> fed up with that. With their pathetic pelts. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this one, I had two options. I was going to go with the grey squirrel because they're constantly mm. eating the peanuts and the bird feeder. Mm. Um, and they've ripped it to shreds. I don't know how they've done it. But um, actually what I'm going to go with um, is deer. Just like all the deer. All deer? All deer. <laughs> wow. Except maybe reindeer because, you know, we want our presents at Christmas. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the deer, just, oh, we we have like, I don't know, like 10 times as many deer as we should have in this country. Mm-hmm. And they eat all the plants that I want to go and see just all the time, wherever <laughs> you are in the country. And so, like, I'll turn up. Mm. expecting to see some fun things and they've just been eaten all by deer but the worst thing is when i on the odd occasion where i managed to get my like non-nature friends out on a walk outside of london or something um and i'm like oh i've got this huge opportunity to share my enthusiasm with them and like there are loads of things to see and we'll be like walking walking along a path or whatever and then they'll see like a deer in the field and then all be like oh wow look at the deer it's so <laughs> isn't nature magical and i'm there like i'm there like guys guys i found this like really cool daisy let me tell you all these amazing things about it and then i'm just like shut up like, if you want to look at the deer it's so annoying <laughs> so, oh that was almost oh, upsetting I, I that's felt a good you, one deer Okay. That felt really good to get off my chest, actually. Mm, <laughs> I actually I saw, that. yeah, I could Fair see the relief. Yeah, yeah. I, see that. I, I actually took notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so deer, all deer, apart from reindeer. Yeah, except, except reindeer. Cause, they get a special yeah, for, card, okay. For aforementioned mm. reasons, yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in this country, you know, they're all, they all do it. They all eat plants and <laughs> they do. They do. overgraze they do. stuff. Okay, so, you're yeah. not wrong there. I'm not going to fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they're necessary as part of the ecosystem, just at much, much lower numbers. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Deer. Mm-hmm. Deer is a contender. Sophie, your mammal. Oh man, I've struggled with this. I feel like it depends what mood I'm in, depending mm. on which animals annoying me at the moment. <laughs> so I've I've wrestled with a few, but the one I'm annoyed with currently is, and this is <laughs> this is going to ruffle some feathers. Um, I'm not a fan of otters at the moment. Because wow. Wow. I know, was not expecting that. I know. So otters are, of course, beautiful. They're, of course, important, and they, of course, are one of the best success stories of mammals. Oh, Praise sandwich coming up. <laughs> every river in England, which is great, because they had loads of decline, etc. Mm. Not disputing that. But I get annoyed because I work for Beaver Trust, and I love working for Beaver Trust, and I love beavers. And the number of people who message me on Instagram and Twitter saying, I've seen my first beaver or I've seen an otter and I thought you'd want to see it. And it's either like, (laughs) this is going to sound really horrible, but it's either like a field vole or like this. They're like, oh, beavers are back. And they send me a photo of an otter on a trail cam. (laughs) I'm just like, no, 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 otters are back. Um, but I just, I think, I feel like otters, they they try and 
I feel like they're a bit like a cat on the river where they have this kind of level of superiority and yes, they're at the top of the food chain and they stabilize the food web and everything, but they like to, they don't, people are like, oh, do otters and beavers get on? I'm just like, well, I'm not, I don't really know. That's not much research to show. <laughs> but otters kind of, they like to use old burrows of beavers and I think they just have this general vibe of trying to be king of the river and I think because I'm such a beaver person and I get annoyed when otters are called beavers and it doesn't help that the beavers are on the river otter and people say, I've seen <laughs> otters on the river beaver. And it's just trying to kind of get that thing. I'm just not, they're just, there are too many otters in my inbox at the moment and I'd rather they all be beavers. But come next week, I could be hating hedgehogs for a bit. So, you know. And yeah, I, I don't, don't doubt do that. that yeah. Don't do that. I feel like <laughs> you guys hate me at the moment. No, I love all no, animals, was... but otters are annoying me at the moment because I feel like they want to be beavers. They want the limelight of beavers and they're not getting it. This is the, this is the crux of the issue. <laughs> the attention-seeking <laughs> Beavers have been gone for 400 years. Give the beavers a bit of a chance yeah. and otters can have their say a bit later. With your varied diets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And otters eat fish and beavers don't eat fish. Leif, is that true? There we go. Just check. Is that true? I think that's I'm true. I'm just checking yeah. in with Leif. Just checking in Leif, help. Beavers, <laughs> beavers just eat trees, right? Beavers are vegan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, vegan. Don't eat, they don't eat animals. Do you think that's why they're struggling in the mainstream? Because people are like, oh, vegan. Plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> When but then the I got a message the other day. I think one of the other messages I got was like, I, I swear, they were like, are you sure beavers don't eat fish? Because I have footage of a beaver eating a fish. And I mean, that would, be, that would be a good reason to not believe <laughs> the first statement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you've done, Sophie, I think... In the background, there's just like a beaver tucking into like a flaffle yeah. wrap or something. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there's an image I need to see. Um, I need to, uh, you know, what you've done, Sophie, has actually opened up the doors for people to just now even more flood you with otter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is true. And I will be guilty yeah. of this. <laughs> um, okay, oh. otters. So deer minus reindeer. Otters, mm. mine. I, I also feel like I'm going to ruffle some feathers with mine. I'm, I'm, I'm going with badger. Ooh. Because... Now, I don't want as many to be killed. I'll say that from the get-go. I'm not advocating cool. for the shoot. <laughs> I, just, I've, I, I just think they've not got much going on. I, and I think people really try and make out as if there's more to something that's not going on. Oh, my gosh. I, I think that might be because we very rarely see them. Like, yeah. But then people, I, I think people, people set up was, trail cams mm. for them. And then when they, they spot them, they it's share like, it as if they've badger. discovered Bigfoot. Like, oh my God, look at badger. I'm like, yeah, all right, badger, like chill out. Well, it's they, like they're... on Springwatch when they see like the bum of a badger and they're just like, oh my gosh. Whoa. God, this... Whoa. And, and again, I think it's just a, a vast reminder of the country we live in that's got called wildlife, that a stripy little mammal in the woods is making us lose our... Mm, we've got rid of so many of our exciting mammals. Do you know what I mean? I'm like... Do you know what? A... I actually think a badger was a serious contender for me for me the other day for this. <laughs> so I do, I get where you're coming from there. I mm. really do. I feel like people have a feeling about badgers. And I don't know if it's because they're just a big mammal. Yeah. And people like seeing big things because for us in England, it's kind of 
rare. It's a rarity. Mm. It's a rarity, yeah. But kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do know what you mean. I just don't think they're as good as people... I feel like they would know, smell. I've got such a strong feeling yes, that they'd, yeah. be, they'd really yeah, they, smell. They would. They would. And I, I just feel mm. like if I was to have a chat with a badger, it wouldn't last more than 20 minutes. I think if you're having a chat with a badger, you've maybe got other things to think about. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a low uh, moment in the Dalton life if I'm trying like to get to the conversation. there's a lot to unpack here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I think they're, they're cute. Yeah, sure. They're, it's, they're nice to see. I just don't mm. think they need the hype that people give them. With they their, are hyped like, up. Yeah. Really, like, I, I think it's a clear sign of that we've not got much. Yeah, when you're packing yeah. out the badger card, you're like, yeah. you've <laughs> it, guys. <laughs> mm. um, so that's my Agreed. one. That's I'm throwing badger um, mm. again. Mm. I will say before I get any emails, I'm not advocating for the shoot. Cool. Good. Just to, just to clarify, none of us no, are. None of us are. I just, you know, just I'm not interested in them. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So only human, you know. Only human. We don't have to love everything. We don't. Very true. Um. I'm going to vote for mine. Deer or otters? I don't think I can vote for otters, Soph. Well, it's a controversial one. It's, I mean, there are not, I mean, I've worked with them, not the, not Eurasian one. I've, worked with I've held a wild baby otter at the UK, UK Wild Otter Trust. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> not spawn. And it was, it was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. But it's just this week or this day, not a fan of them. Are you sure it wasn't a baby, baby beaver? <laughs> <laughs> could have been. Good. No one can tell the difference. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with deer because mm. also a lot of the deer we have in this country aren't even native. They shouldn't even be here. Oh, yes. So it's mm-hmm. like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Here, Which I know I'm is... Gonna vote, I'm going to vote deer too. You're going to go deer too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Deer. I won one. <laughs> Yay. Aww. So deer, so deer. nice to each other. Oh, look at that. Everyone won one. <laughs> um, right, okay. So deer are going in to Nature Room 101 forever minus reindeer. Okay. Yeah, just for the, rec- oh, just for the record, I would also... Vote because uh, I can get a vote on that one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, um, sorry, Leif. Leif. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so forgotten. Sorry. Um, I'm afraid I would also have to go for badgers because otters, mm. I'm sorry, Sophie. You can't. You can't. You can't. Otters are just the best thing ever. I feel like you got. You nearly got cocky at the end, just with like otters picking the best mammal. <laughs> we all know the order of importance is otter, beaver. <laughs> 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 Oh, if I ever come back on, if I'm ever invited back on, <laughs> next time I'll I'll probably be hating on beavers. You beavers never know. I mean, who knows? Beavers are yeah, a pain. yeah, yeah, they yeah. are a pain. Um, you know. Right, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much to Sophie and Leigh for joining me on Nature Room 101. Do you feel better or more frustrated after having a rant? I think I feel better. I really, yeah, I do. It was a good start to the day. Yeah, I'm me, sure. you know, yeah, Start I feel like day. I won't be angry 12. for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah, midday, said yeah, the three well, freelancers. Oh, Leif, you're such, you're such a writer. <laughs> 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 Leif's like, I must get back to bed <laughs> to have my lay in. <laughs> I need to go think. <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much for joining me on Nature Room 101. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope I speak to you both soon. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you'd like to keep up to date with the projects and work Sophie and Leif are working on, then you can do so on social media. Of course, their tags are in the write-up of this episode. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter and Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into the Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod at gmail.com. If you would like a shout out on the show or to be put into a draw to win a free Into the Wild podcast mug, yes please, then all you have to do is review the show on iTunes or Spotify or both and send me a screen grab, take part in our weekly nature highlight share every Sunday on Instagram, or you can tip Into the Wild via our Ko-fi link in the write-up of this episode. Of course, you can do all three of those things and increase your chance of winning the monthly mug. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.